Welcome to the Crying in My Cheesecake podcast. I am Danielle, your host, and this is episode eight of the Silent Ultrasound season two series. Here comes the flow. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 41.10 I'd experienced the unexpected, realized this life isn't about me, worked on living what I say I believe, I've faced the grief. What I didn't expect to happen was a second set of grief to literally flow out of me. I went to the bathroom one morning and realized I'd started my first period after that DNC. I sat there for a moment in shock, and then the tears fell from my eyes. My head found my hands as I curled up in that moment on top of the toilet. I don't know what I thought would happen. I guess having a period never crossed my mind because I'd been pregnant for the last two and a half months, and I'd just healed from the actual DNC procedure that bleeding had been completed for a while now. I couldn't believe the rush of emotion that occurred. It was like I was a sitting target yet again. In the essence of keeping up pure transparency, you should know I was conflicted and quite frankly crushed after my first period. As the months continued post-miscarriage, the reoccurring menstrual periods were a very real and very vibrant reminder of the life gone from my body. It started to create these reminders of how I'm not able to create life in my body, even though we've been working hard with the obstetrician to time this conception properly. And the lies continued to come stronger. They came slowly, but they came. You're incapable. You're too fat. You're too busy. What are you trying to have another child for? You're selfish. You're a failure. And that's why I'm sharing this, this episode. So you don't have to believe the same lies. When those lies come to you, and trust me, something like what I faced or others will come to you, you'll be prepared. Maybe you're still stuck on the lies after your first period. You know, as much as I relied on God through everything else, I didn't know I needed to be prepared for this menstrual period. The menstrual period brings out a second round of grief, but grief in a more real way. It's in a, it's an in-your-face reminder of what I don't have in my arms over and over again. What do we do with this? How do we get through this grief once again as it continues to come every month, as each month passes? The simple yet profound answer, we set our eyes on Jesus. We know there, there will be circumstances that come up in life that will be problematic for us. Remember James telling us in his book to consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance or spiritual maturity. First of all, I want you to notice the word whenever. It's, it doesn't say, so you consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever. It doesn't say if you face trials, it says whenever, right? Meaning that trials are going to happen. With that pers- or with what perspective does James suggest we look at the trials of our problems? And he says, pure joy. A synonym of joy is triumph. It's like a victory in battle. We know we're fighting the spiritual battle, battle and the more we are devoted to seeking Jesus first, 
the more likely we are to be targets for the enemy. The enemy always wants to bring us down to stop furthering the kingdom of God. And when the enemy sees us seeking God during our miscarriages, or in this case, during our first menstrual period after the miscarriage, he sees that we are a rock. That rock becomes a role model for the women around us. That perseverance, that maturity in faith. The enemy wants everything in his power to cover us in darkness and allow us to fall into the pit. Then the model we become without perseverance is one that when miscarriage or trials happen to our girlfriends, they will see it as hopeless and not have a chance. We don't want the enemy to get that. This verse in James doesn't just stop there, though. Verse four says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be matured and complete, not lacking anything. Did you catch that? Perseverance in keeping our focus on Jesus allows us to mature, become complete. Only then do we realize we're not lacking anything. When we persevere so that our focus is on Jesus, then that monthly reminder becomes a lie. That monthly reminder that we have of that period is not, it becomes a lie. We are not lacking a child, but we are gaining more of Jesus. To know our Savior more, to understand who he is and remember his truths. Jesus is a man of his words and he says, look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will become weighted down with uh, carousing, drunkenness and anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth, but always be on watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the son of man. Here we're given another parable. If you're following along in your own Bible, you'll see that I left out what things, what these things happening are. Jesus was prophesying about his second coming, giving vivid signs to look for when he comes again. And he compares it to springtime. When you see the buds on the flowers or on the trees and the flowers and things, we know that there's a sign of summer coming. Just like when we see things he mentions, we know that the kingdom of God is near. He tells us that in the time while we wait, we need to be very watchful, be watchful. Do you understand why we need to be careful? Do you? He tells us that our hearts will be weighted down with carousing, drunkenness, and anxieties of life. I'd like to take a wager and say that miscarriage can bring about some anxiety. It may send you to drinking. It may send you to having some carousing behavior. I'd also wager that um, like I said, with the alcohol, the recreational use of substances, I'd also take notice that anxiety was mentioned in the same sentence as drunkenness. Think about it. I'm not sure if any of you have a past like mine, but I can totally see that anxiety clouds the mind much like drunkenness does. When we are so caught up in our anxieties and misfortunes, we are clouded and cannot focus on anything else. And our hearts are not in this relation or our hearts are not in the relationships in life around us, let alone with God. We are distracted. The more we focus on our issues, the bigger they become, the bigger the issues become, the more the cloud, the more that the anxieties cloud out anything of God. 
It's no wonder that Jesus warns us that anxieties of this world could close on us like a trap. I don't know when our time on earth will be up. I do know that we're closer than we've ever been before. In a moment's notice, I could keel over from a stroke or on my way to Bible study on Mondays or Wednesdays, I could be in a deadly vehicle accident. I need to be right and focused on Jesus and not my life's trials. I need to be confident in who I am. Miscarriage does not define me, but it is a part of my story and possibly yours. You see this whole seeking Jesus thing. It isn't about getting through life on this side of earth. Seeking Jesus is all about our eternity. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 8, why we keep our focus on Jesus. And he writes, for, uh, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on that third day according to the scriptures and he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the time, or at the same time, most of whom were still living, though some had fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. It's not, it's about our eternity. It is about our eternity. We believe that Christ died for our sins, just like the gospels say. We believe that he was buried and he rose again on that third day. Jesus was alive again, talking, teaching, making sure before he went up to heaven to be with God at God's right hand, that his people knew him. There was no doubt. Ladies or gentlemen, if you are listening, I would like to take your hand right now and look you square in your eyes and pray for you. What would you have me pray over you? What would you? Would it be that you aren't sure how all this focus on Jesus stuff works and you'd like to know more? Would you like to discuss the humanity of Jesus and what he, what to understand um, how his death, burial, resurrection are important to your eternity? We just experience the loss of life in our bodies with no notice. Do you know what happens after we take our last breath? Or maybe the woman who is well-versed in her Bible study and knows Jesus well continues to seek and to know him more, but you're stuck. You're stuck somewhere in the healing process and not sure how to get out of the darkness that seems to loom daily. I'd also like to hold your hand. I'd like to hold your hand and tell you to find a woman who can check on you often. Keep you accountable to digging into your word. If you're not a memorizer of scripture, start. Set a goal and keep it. Journal through your issues to find the different, uh, the deeper issues that, that have got a hold of you. Head to therapy. I don't care. There seems to be something with the boomer generation that just ignores all of that idea of that they don't need therapy and so forth. <laughs> but my generation, we laugh and joke about it. Let we go. But therapy changes things. And there are Christian therapists. I had no clue about this until I had to go and get my own therapy. There are Christian therapists that will help keep you accountable to God's word to Jesus and help you to find healing with him. I ask you too that those of you listening to this would pray over me. Would you pray that I eat my words? That the truth becomes so much of who I am that there isn't room for the darkness to take hold of me. When you listen to these words, would you please not only pray over me, but the other women around you on this side of earth that have had to go through this specific type of pain and loss? Our God isn't about giving us problems. No, he is a just God that loves you incredibly, that he sent his son, Jesus, a human 
to be tempted in every human way, every experience, every emotion we do so that God can know us better and so that we may have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Friends listening, I love you. You are motivation for me to keep going, to keep going. Would you pray with me? Jesus, precious, amazing God, thank you for caring so much about us that you come to this earth and experience everything that we'd ever imagine that we would not even imagine to face so that you would know us. You gave us the gift of your Holy Spirit so that we could have direct communication with you. And as I pray this, I'm overwhelmed that this is even possible, that you hear me, you see my tears, and yet you have a promise for for me, for my friends of eternity with you, our creator. And God, I pray over women this week, specifically if, if they're listening to this, whenever it is, but during miscarriage awareness week and miscarriage aware, miscarriage doesn't just happen on miscarriage awareness week, but during their miscarriage, I pray over the ears that are listening. I pray over the women who experience their first menstrual cycles after a miscarriage. Would you please fill them with your hope? Keep them from succumbing to the darkness of the of over looming grief that may arise. The lies that come to their minds. Would you banish them quickly as they begin to come, Lord? Show these women, these partners, the joy that comes from choosing to focus on you instead of your anxiety, instead of their anxieties and fears. For those of us women that seek substance abuse for coping mechanism, God, remind us how fragile we are on our own. And with you, we are so much more. We are strong women who can serve you in mighty ways. So God, I ask just that. Open our eyes to see where we need to serve you and further your kingdom. Protect us. Keep our heads above water so that when the waves come, you've got us held firm. We love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. this episode, you can support the show by going to buymeacoffee.com slash CIMC.